This is John Evanson, EFG, Home Professionals at Revelation Real Estate in Chandler, Arizona. Podcast episode number two. This is actually going to be um, a personal one. I don't have anybody that I'm interviewing. So full disclosure, I have one arm. So if, if you hear some craziness in the background, it's because I ripped the tendon off my bicep and uh, trying to do everything one-handed here. So, uh, but, but today's podcast, I want to talk about something that I get asked probably, probably the most common question I get asked, um, kind of, I guess in a generic question term, it would be, um, how do you do it? How do you do it all? Okay. So in this podcast, I'm just going to talk about what, what got me to this point you know, how I actually got into real estate, you know, some of my production numbers and, and obstacles and challenges and the good, the bad, you know, um, talk about some of my influencers, talk about some people that did the opposite and just kind of my background. I'm going to incorporate a little bit of my personal history that not a lot of people know about, um, which I think, which I have to attest to being, a, a significant part of why I'm, I'm in the position I'm in. So to get started, um, uh, I'm working on my fourth year in real estate. Uh, as far as sales is concerned, I did buy my first house when I was 23 years old, which was quite a while ago, uh, about 14 years. I still actually have that house. It's, it's a rental and, um, I don't make a dime off of it, but uh, it is nice to have it, and I learned a lot from doing that on the personal end. I learned a lot about um, deductions and and uh, depreciation and tax things and primary exemption and stuff like that. So if you don't own a house uh, and you've never been through the process, it can be uh, a little tricky depending on what market you're in. Uh, for instance, our market here in Phoenix is very aggressive. Um, multiple offers usually on almost every property that that's actually worth something. And the properties that need a little bit of work uh, and in a higher price range, those two types usually sit for a while. But uh, I'm not here to talk about the market necessarily, just kind of giving you a background about I've had a couple of rentals. I've sold rentals. Um, I am not a tax professional. Uh, I want to make that very clear. Yeah, no taxes. But what I do is I use the primary exemption, which if you don't know what that is, primary exemption is something that the government allows you to do if you've lived in your residence for two out of five years and you have equity within 250,000 if you're single up to 500,000 if you're married. Now, this is equity at the time, not not minus what you spend and things like that. Um and like I said, I'm not a tax professional, so I'm not giving advice. I'm just simply stating something that I've done and I've done it several times. Uh my wife's not happy about it uh cuz I want to move again because I do it every 2 years. Uh, two to three years to try to take advantage of it while I can. But I find that to be the most significant way to invest in real estate 
where you you get you know the best of both worlds you get to to gain all the equity and take it out in a big lump sum instead of renting it out and trying to worry about all that now not to say rentals aren't prosperous uh, i'm sure they are i'm sure there's many people that do it successfully i have found that it is not as lucrative as i i once thought so that's what got me into real estate cuz i figured well geez if i could be the agent not only would I see all these deals before no one else did, but I'd also be paid a commission, right? Which is fantastic if you're buying your own properties and renting them or selling them because you're able to save, you know, three to 6% right off the bat. And usually you can find some good deals. So I went to real estate school. I will tell you I was working full time for the post office and it was challenging because we were having our first child and my wife was working full time as well. And I was actually at the time, the post office, it was a temporary position. So I wasn't an actual regular carrier. So basically what that meant is I worked 60 to 70 hours a week at their beck and call. There was no schedule. Basically I could be called in at any time and work as late as they possibly needed me. So you can understand trying to go to real estate school (laughs) <laughs> during that time was, was challenging. Now, normally they say three to six weeks, you can do all 18 four hour courses. Uh, it took me six months to get through those. And I took the test, the school test and failed it miserably. I think I had like a 50%. It was so low. They wouldn't even tell me how bad I did as far as, you know, what areas to work on. They basically said, you don't know anything. You need to go back. So I went back, took a few courses I thought were my weaknesses, took the test again a couple of weeks later, and had a little bit higher. I was in the 60s, but you need a 75% to pass. So there's a 200-question essay, or not essay, I'm sorry, multiple choice, and you got to have 150 of them correct. Oh, there's my arm bumping into the table. So I passed, or I failed it twice, and, you know, I just... I. I just got beat up. I was really discouraged and decided I was going to quit it, right? I was just going to go back to work in the post office and and stop trying to pass this silly test, and it was just too much. And I'm not a good test taker either, so that that actually is probably one of my biggest weaknesses is is being put into a test. Um, so I went back. I think about six months after that, I renewed the courses. I made a deal with with the school that I was attending, and they said I could renew the course at a discounted rate, and I didn't have to retake all the classes. I could take the test whenever I wanted, and they would give me six more months. So it took me about three months, and I actually got with a buddy of mine who was was also a dad in real estate today, Brant Surgeon. And he passed his test, no problem. And I was like, hey, man, what did you do? You know, so I asked him for advice. He told me to get a case of Red Bulls and, uh, or a case of Monsters and, and spend an entire weekend in a room by yourself. <laughs> so that's what I did. I literally did that. I went out and got the Monsters and sat in a room and studied. And I passed the test right at 75%. So it was off to the school. I went to the school. I I passed that the first try. They don't tell you what you score, 
but it's significantly easier to take that test. So anybody who's trying to get into real estate right now or, or you've thought about it, understand that it is a couple of tests. It's, it's 40, when is that? 90 hours of school and you got to take test through the school and pass and then you take the state exam um which cost i shoot when i took it i think it was about 100 bucks maybe a little bit less so you pay the fee and then if you don't pass you got to pay it again so that's kind of why they make the school so difficult but anybody that's trying to get into it don't get discouraged you know uh you're your own worst enemy when you're trying to do that and and not just in real estate but anything i know the lenders are go through something similar to get into the lending world. But <clears throat> yeah, that's a little bit of how I got there. It was quite a, it was quite a haul for me. Uh, and obviously we had our first child during that time. So it, it became, you know, I got licensed, I think October of 2015. And which in, in real estate, it tends to slow down a tad in that, in that time frame you know, October, November, December, because of the holidays. So uh, I just, I was taking all the training, all the, all the things that I could do in the beginning. I was a single agent and um, I went to a brokerage that was known for training. Uh, at least they were very good at making it sound like they were. And I'm not trying to bash anybody here. It just wasn't the type of training I was expecting. It was a lot of books, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of sitting in a classroom and taking notes, uh, watching videos, following um, what I thought was an outdated training platform with robotic, um, uh, robotic, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, your scripts, your scripts basically were robotic. It was very hard to plug in naturally into this, especially since I'm quite the talker. So it was hard to adapt. Um, I, I went on that mission for about six months. I, I said, you know what? I'm going to do everything they tell me to do. I found a really good mentor. Uh, her name is Lori Tudor, and she was fantastic. She, she showed me the ropes, and I, I honestly believe no matter what brokerage or where you end up, the mentor that you pair yourself with in the very beginning will be the make or break of what you're going to put together. Um, and I thank her to this day about everything she showed me and did for me. And there were times we were up till nine o'clock talking on the phone, writing contracts and things. So it was, it was a really good experience. Uh, Tim Wallace was also a really good mentor for me. He was somebody I could see in the office daily. I could come in and basically shut his door and steal any time that I wanted. He was very receptive, um, had a lot of good tips. I think he's been in the business like, 30 years or something like that. So uh, that, those were the two I buddied up with. It was definitely a, a game changer. I learned a lot. I learned the ins and out of the contract, things like that. And then I realized six months in, I had not sold a, sold a house yet. And I thought, man, this is, this is kind of ironic because I thought I did everything right. And everybody says, as long as you follow the platform, that you'll be successful. And it just wasn't happening. So what I kept hearing was it's because you work another job. 
right? You need to quit your job. That was the reason I was given that I wasn't succeeding. It wasn't because the training material wasn't there or wasn't what I expected or what I needed. It wasn't because nobody else was taking the time to really teach me anything outside of the two mentors. It was because I worked another job, which and honestly, I started to believe that and realized I came to a fork in the road where I had to make a decision. And I just wasn't prepared to leave my job because I got really good benefits. You know, I just had this baby. And I'm sure a lot of you are, are thinking the same thing when you make a career change or, you know, you're looking to do something different and get into a whole different field and start over, you know, whether you lost your job or decided to leave. It's hard to start over and worry about benefits and things like that, especially if, you know, they're really good benefits, which the post office offers. So I decided I was going to keep the job and I was going to quit real estate. And I had a long talk with my wife uh, the night that I decided I was done. Um, And she basically said, look, you paid for all your dues. You paid for the class. I was already in probably four to five grand into this business by this point between all the fees, licensing, signs, and, and website, and leads, and whatever else I was buying. <clears throat> and I realized, yeah, you're right. I should probably just finish the year out and see what happens, you know, since I'm paid up. So I decided I was going to start this business and start doing it my way, which I just kind of got away from the robotic scripts and things like that. And I just tried to be more natural. And I tried to remember what I actually, where I came from, you know, I was a very outgoing person. People trusted me because I was a man of my word. Uh, I had integrity. I was, I was never trying to do something outside of professional my whole entire life. I mean, I've been managing people for 20 years, you know, uh, I've been a role model. I, I, you know, my family, my brother and sister have lived with me. I think you know, I adopted my sister when she was still in high school. Um, so I just, I learned a lot of life lessons and I just, you know, I knew that I was the right person and people would respect it if I tried to do my own thing. So I kind of branched off, started using social media to connect with people because it was a lot better than trying to cold call or door knock, uh, which is a couple of the outdated activities that, that I was being taught, not to say that they don't work, you know, those of you that are doing it and doing it successful, this isn't a dig. It's just that wasn't for me. That wasn't my style. <clears throat> I didn't like bothering people that didn't want to be bothered. Uh, so I basically started doing it my, on my own, my own way. I stopped going into the office. I stopped worrying about what I was driving, you know, what, what my hair looked like. I stopped worrying about my, my outfit because I used to dress up every time I went in the office. And I just started to realize I was doing the wrong things. I was worrying about the wrong things. I was trying to impress my brokers and my mentors by coming in looking like I knew what I was doing. And in reality, I had no freaking clue. So what I had to do was, was do some things organically and figure out that there was a better way to do this. And I did. And a long story short with that is that first six months, I didn't do anything, no sales. And the next six months I did 3 million in volume. So in it, I think I was 500 bucks off from winning rookie of the year, which was crazy. I mean, it was literally like, like a $10,000 worth of volume that I was off 
uh, which was fine. The person that won it deserved it, but I, but I was like, man, I was right there, and I was working another job the entire time. So I felt like it was frowned upon. Nobody really, nobody really respected the fact that I was working twice as hard because I was working two jobs or whatever you want to call it. And I started to lose faith in the the brokerage I was at, and you know, with, with everything I was doing, I had this vision, how I wanted to help people get into real estate and how I wanted to run a team, but run it differently where the splits would actually be better than, than most brokerage splits as a solo agent, which was very tough to put together. But I did, I did figure it out eventually. Uh, but not before I met who I needed to meet. Um, Chuck Fazio over here at Revelation Real Estate. It was, awesome. We came in, Chris and I, Chris Fisher and I, uh, we came over here for an interview just to see what it was like. And this guy rolls in with a, a V-neck shirt and, and some jeans and he's got some toilet cleaner and a brush in his hand or something weird. And I was like, okay, who's this guy? You know? And, and the girl, Kristen, who was interviewing me told me it was the owner. And I thought, wow, Here's the owner of the brokerage not caring about, you know, he's not wearing Gucci suits to work and, you know, he's out here trying to fix things to make his business better, you know, from the ground, not necessarily, you know, nothing was, was above him. And that was something I respected immediately. The second I saw that, I realized I was in the right place. And I mean, it didn't take five minutes of talking to the guy to realize that this definitely was where I wanted to be. So shortly after that, I made the transition and I've been here ever since. It's been fantastic. So uh, Chuck and Angela have been great and have given me the opportunity to build a team and do it the way I wanted to do it. Specifically, you know, giving part-time or, or, or dual career people a chance at actually learning this business before they quit everything and risk it all. Uh, and at the same time, provide them with everything they needed financially and offer them a better split package where they could take more of their own money home. Um, it took a while to put it together, but it, that's how I run the business now. And um, I think we did $23 million last year with, you know, about 15 producing agents which I, I felt was pretty good. Uh, it was our second full year. Basically, the first year, Chris and I ran the team together. We didn't really hire anybody the first year. I think we hired a couple people because we were just trying to make sure we knew what we were doing first. And um, I think the first year, we might have did 10 or $11 million with, like, four people. Second year, we did 23 And then this year... Um, I'm not sure where we're at at this point, but I we're we're above we're above uh, last year's production at this time, so it's looking very good. But what I'm what I'm basically getting at is, I figured out how to run a team where you feel like you're a team player and you get all the benefits of being on a team, but you also get all the benefits of what you would get if you were a solo agent. So what does that look like? Basically, as a solo agent, you don't pay a team split, which is the most significant part. Uh, as a solo agent, you get to brand yourself. You get to keep all of your production credit, which means when you sell a house, you get to keep 100% of, of the credit, right? So if somebody looks you up, 
they can see that you're the one that actually closed the deal. Um, another thing would be you probably get a cap of some sort, you know, once you get to a certain level of sales for the year, um, you know, once you pay into the brokerage a certain amount, you get to cap, which means you don't pay anything for the rest of that 12 month period. So those are the things of a solo agent that are really nice. Uh, what's nice about a team, obviously you get everything paid for outside of your yearly dues and your office, you know, your desk fee, what you pay your monthly fee. And uh, there's an app for your phone that you use to open doors. So that gets assigned to you. So those are the only things that you're responsible for. But as far as a website, a CRM to run your, your customers through and, and, and make a database, all your signs, your cards, your open house material, your marketing material, your printing, um, open house signs, uh, sale signs, sign riders. I mean, all of the things that you would have bought as a solo agent, the team covers, or at least my team does. What else, what else happens with, with that is I get rid of the negative things. So on my team, there is a cap, which most teams don't have. Um, once you get to the scale, after you close 12 deals with the team, if you're a new agent, you get to go on a 90-10 platform, which means you keep 90% and the team only takes 10. And then you only have to close five deals. So you close five deals every 12 months. After the five deals, you work for free. And the team still supports everything outside of the transaction coordinator. Because uh, at that point, you may be doing it yourself. But, but those of you that aren't in real estate probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense what I'm saying. Those of you that are in real estate can respect what, what I'm talking about. But basically, that was, my, that was my big challenge and obstacle was figuring out how to make all that work and then make it sustainable, right? Make it where the team can actually make enough profit to pay for these platforms and, and inventory and things like that without breaking the bank. So that's how I was able to do it. We do it very successfully now um, and all while giving the agents more of their money. So, yeah, uh, sorry, somebody just waved at me through the window here, asked me if I wanted a drink. That would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I just, um, oh, he tried to get me a water. That's not good. I won't take the water. Uh, beer, thanks. So basically, if you're trying to get into real estate, you could be a solo, you could be a team player. Whatever's, whatever you choose is going to be right, but just make sure it feels right. Um, I, I leave an open contract with my, with my agents. If they want to leave tomorrow, they can leave. It's, it's an open-ended agreement. You know, I take people for their word and a handshake. I'm very old school. I'm not here to exploit people. I don't hand off, you know, lists of six-month-old leads and make you call all day long. I show you actual activities on how to get business. Um, Ten live trainings a month. That means we're in person. I do one-on-ones. I do mentoring and coaching at no additional charge. All the things that you would need in real estate. So... That's kind of my backstory. That's kind of how I got to where I was and what I'm doing currently. Um, you know, I can tell you my biggest critics in the beginning and, and even today are the people that doubt and don't believe when you say you're going to do something. So uh, I won't name any names of specific people, but there were some some very 
big business leaders in different areas of real estate that I truly respected and with, and thought I was a business partner with and did a lot of good business with that I found out just wasn't appreciating it. And then once I talked about how I wanted to build this team, I was told it can't be done. Um, hold on. Thanks, Rich. You're the man. You have Rich the cop on your <laughs> Yeah. Rich, Rich, Rich the cop, another dad in real estate. He wants to be in. He will be in. Uh, but, but basically these people told me I couldn't do it. And I tell you that lights a fire under my ass. Like, like I can't explain. Uh, and I think it's because as I grew up, I specifically remember, and this is going to sound very harsh, but I specifically remember my parents telling me I can't do it or that I would be nothing. Um, you know, you wouldn't be shit. Basically, they didn't come to any of my football, basketball games. They didn't, they didn't come to my wedding. They didn't see my child, uh, either one of my kids. It was just, it's, it's a little sappy. I don't want to get into it too much, but that's kind of where I come from. So the expectations has always, always been, if I can't push myself, you know, then there's no point in me listening to anyone else because all they're going to do is tell me I can't do it. So I learned to self-motivate, which I got to tell you is probably one of the biggest strengths in real estate is being able to motivate yourself because you're running a business. This isn't a job. You don't punch a clock eight to five and, and, you know, take your lunch breaks and whatever. This is 24 seven. And I mean it. I mean, I'm up all the time taking calls, fielding emails. Uh, I currently have 31 agents that work on my team. So I'm constantly fielding their calls and trying to, you know, guide and mentor them through things. On top of that, I'm still active in real estate. So I'm the type of team leader that not, isn't going to preach. I'm actually doing the work too. I'm doing, you know, multi-millions in production every year, winning the president's award three years in a row. So I put my money where my mouth is. And these people that are going to tell you, you can't do it. Those are the, I mean, you need to learn how to turn that into a fire. Like you need to, that needs a light of fire under your ass. So you can get out there and, and who cares how much money you make or, or anything like that. It, the ultimate goal for me is just to, just to say, Hey, look where I'm at now. Now I'm not, I'm not this mega agent. I don't do, you know, a thousand transactions a year. I'm not, I'm not some, I'm not trying to pretend I'm somebody I'm not. I'm an average person, and the reason I share this story is because I want average people to know that you don't have to watch these millionaire real estate shows or millionaire real estate agents on podcasts or listen to, you know, their Facebook videos and and try to live up to their expectations because, honestly, it's very hard to get to that level, you know, and it takes a lot of time. So you need to try to adapt, and figure out how you can climb that ladder of success and be okay with the small victories you're getting, you know. If you make a hundred grand in real estate in your first year, that's a hell of a milestone. That's something that everybody tries to get and very rarely does it happen. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go in with what I'm making or how much I make. I'm just gonna say I make more than the average. I'm probably in the top twenty percent here in the valley. Um that's not counting my team production. So, which by the way, I give a hundred percent of that production to the team. The individual that are closing the deals are the ones getting the production. So you won't see me, you know, advertising on MLS that I have 
you know, a thousand closed transactions because they're not mine. I don't take the credit for it. Um, but that's, that's just something that, you know, you have to get used to doing is, is using people's doubt because it will happen. And the more successful you get, the more doubters you're going to find. Um, you know, that, that's just natural. That's just going to happen. And that means you're doing something right. You know, it's not, it's not something you should take personal. And I had to learn that. It took me a long time. I was very angry. Uh, I was angry at many individuals and re realized I needed to change my mindset because it was dragging me down. So anybody that's going through that, even if it's not real estate related, just know that you have to believe in yourself and you got to take that negative energy and flip it around. The, the second you can figure out how to take people's negative energy and make it your positive, you start to win and you will win big. I guarantee that. Um, some advice I have for people trying to get into real estate outside of what I've already talked about. One would be just, just get off the pot, do it, go out there and get your license. The worst thing that's going to happen, you're going to spend $400 and you're going to learn something about real estate. And, and even if you don't activate your license, you still have it for two years before you have to make a decision to activate it. Um, I'm telling you, it's, it's worth every cent. Uh, as far as getting into real estate, once you go active, it does get a little costly. Um, that's about, I don't know, about $1,000 to get your dues paid for the year and, and sign-on fees and things like that. You know, and then obviously you have to decide if you're going to be a solo or team agent. But in reality... The, the biggest obstacle is just getting in there and doing it. I've heard so many people just talk themselves out of it, including I, and I was almost victim of that. So I can relate. Um, you know, what, what drives me now is a, is a question that I get asked a lot. Like, how do you do it? What drives you? And <clears throat> the answer is success which I don't mean in profits. So I, I just want to make that very clear. I'm not, I'm not trying to get to a certain level of money or income. That's not my goal. And it's very ironic because most people are trying to do that. I, I am motivated by just success. Just show me, let me show you that I'm succeeding and that's what I want. And let me show you that the agents that are on my team are succeeding or the brokerage I work at is succeeding or my clients are getting the best deals like that is success to me. That's what I'm trying to get done. Um, <clears throat> you know, coming from my background, I bounced around from house to house when I was a young teenager living with aunts and uncles and grandparents and friends, um, you know, for months at a time, it was, it was tough and I was trying to go to college and work a full-time job and I was getting in fistfights with my dad and you know, my mom's getting hit over the head with a frying pan cause my dad's having a rage, you know, and trying to challenge him and, and getting choked out. And, and it, it was, it was very intense childhood. So I can tell you when I'm telling you I'm coming from something, I want you guys to understand that I'm not, I'm not BSing you here. Uh, and I'm not even giving you the, <laughs> the, the full story. I'm just giving you some snippets here, but you know, I still love my mom and dad. My dad passed away a year ago today, actually. Um, so I don't have any ill will, no hard feelings against them. It's not easy being a parent and I'm not trying to judge anyone. That took many years to realize, uh, by the way, 
But, you know, it was an abusive parenthood, and, and I'd seen a lot of abuse. There were nights that I slept in a, in a baseball dugout out in a field because I didn't want to be home in the snow. I lived in Michigan, so, you know, it was probably 10 below zero, and I just grabbed a blanket and pillow and ran out. And, and just because I was afraid that I was going to see something I didn't want to see or I was going to be a victim of something that I didn't want to be a part of. And it was really hard having siblings and trying to protect them. And then, um, you know, it's just really hard. So I can tell you there's a lot of hard stuff that's going to happen. And if you came from a hard life, that doesn't mean you're knocked out and it doesn't mean you're, you're not going to be successful and it doesn't mean you can't do it. You just have to keep fighting. You just have to keep being better than you were the day before. And you just have to set more goals. Keep setting goals. Set goals that you can attain that are a little bit out of reach, set a five-year goal, set a 10-year goal. These things are legitimate things. Like if you don't have an idea of where you want to be in 10 years, you shouldn't even be talking about, you know, what you're going to do in five or, or one because there needs to be an end game where it's almost where it seems impossible. Your 10-year goal might be, I want to have 100 real estate agents on my team, right? Um, in 10 years. So that obviously I can't do in a year or two, I know not even five. So it's a 10 year goal. So then I dial it back from that goal. I can plan an entire, I can go from five to two to the one year, maybe a three month goal, something very short. And then you get these small victories. And then before you know it, you're attaining these goals that you thought were out of reach. So it's, it's called the big lie. Uh, I listened to a podcast that my friend Justin Poole put me on. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he talked about the big lie where you have to basically lie to yourself and make something up for your 10-year goal of what you're going to be doing in 10 years. And then you dial it back from there and put together the plan. So um, that's what I did. That's what I currently do. It's what I try to instill with my agents. And it, it's been it's been pretty successful. So if anybody ever wants to talk uh, my number is 989-233-3293. Doesn't matter what state you're in. Doesn't matter where you live, what you do. I'm always happy to have conversations. I'm always looking to grow, um, you know, in, in my entire, um, you know, my entire self, you know, spiritually, business-wise, um, you know, things like that. I'm just trying to always better myself. So I love to connect with people. Uh, I spend hours on the phone every day. I carry this Bluetooth headset. That's fantastic deal for $30 off, off uh, <laughs> eBay. But, you know, just remember that you got to go out and do it. And if, if, if you need a pep talk, if you need a, a slap in the face, you can call me. My email is you know, john at evansonfisher.com. If you want to email instead, you can um, send me messages on Facebook. Any any of those avenues would be fine. You can text me if you prefer, if you don't want to call. Uh, I have a lot of people that send me texts. And that's really what I'm, what I'm trying to do is just make myself better by making others better. So I uh, thank you for listening today. Uh, I know this was a little bit about myself, but I, I know that People want to know how to get into this business. I am happy to help you get in. Uh, I'm happy to show you the way, how, you know, where to go to school, how to do it, how to pass the test. I have study material that you can borrow. I have success stories. I have fail stories, uh, everything. So everybody have a wonderful week.
Thank you for joining me. And I will see you next time for episode three. I'm going to be interviewing Michael Voles, fellow dad in real estate. And we're going to talk about his, he's a, I believe he's on his second year, but he was a rock star his first year. He was on my team. And uh, he just have a, a ton of great info to talk about. And if there's anybody in this business that I would use as an idol for their first year, it would be him. So really excited to talk to him, get some secrets and tips from him, some of the challenges. Uh, that'll be episode three. If there's anything that you guys ever want to talk about or, or any questions you want to ask me, uh, like I said, email me, text me. And uh, you can find me on YouTube also, Keeping It Realtor. Uh, that's also my Twitter handle, too. If you guys want to send me messages on there or follow me, that'd be f uh, fantastic. So have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you later.